Jamie Cubmore uh, tackled me in, in the Claremont game over there and uh, it took me a while to recover from it. He tackled me with his fist as well, which, but when he wasn't using his fist, he was good with his shoulders. Joe presents House of Rugby, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Hello and welcome along to House of Rugby. I'm Greg O'Shea we're here together with Bank of Ireland and the Dream Team is back together, the OGs. Lindsay Peed and Jason all the way up from Limerick. Pat's in the corner, but don't worry about him. Yeah, Pat's, <laughs> yeah, Pat's there, Pat's there. How are we getting on, ladies and gentlemen? Good. Do you know what? I am buzzing. I feel this is going to be a saucy, exciting show now. I can feel it simmering between you two now. <laughs> I'm just waiting until we get on to Munster. Well, exactly. Yeah, like massive win for Munster at the weekend, wasn't it, Jason? Yeah, a big Let's win. Let's just put that straight out there. Like, Yeah, I wasn't expecting it, to be honest with you. Um, I thought they had a chance. Like I always knew like, when we got Glasgow, like, that there was much more of a chance than going over to one of the South African teams or facing Leinster in the quarterfinal or something like that. Or now it's Sammy. Yeah, no, good So a few happy good boys result. here, yes. Um, but we will get into that later in the yeah. episode. Um, we have a lot to talk about. We also have a chat from Johnny Sexton and Paul O'Connell separately that Jason got when you were down at the International Rugby Experience in Limerick the other day. Did you get to go out there, Dare Man, or anything like that? No, no, I wasn't there. I was talking to Brian, uh, Brian Abana and his wife and stuff, and they were out staying there. They're over for a few days, but uh, incredible experience, I have to say. Um, so I was down there last year. I was brought on a private tour by the CEO, and he brought me around and showed me like, all their pans, and they're quite ambitious, the pans. Mm. And I'm like, hmm, you know, is this really going to come together? And then to see it, as it was basically cement there last year and then come out it was just as I said it's not your typical museum hence why it's called the International Rugby Experience yeah. this is the same crowd that did the Titanic Experience up in Dublin or up in sorry in Belfast oh, really? so it's all very interactive like you know there's passing drills there's scrummaging there's jumping saw it on your Instagram and you yeah. need to work on your passes hey hey look give me a break right look I was wearing oh. it, was, it was the skinny cut jeans yeah. you know the, the, you know, I couldn't get the <laughs> I couldn't get the full motion Sorry, so I, uh, can't, I thought you did alright to be honest did, did you not get top score pass, it was better than Johnny Sexton's pass yeah. so I think I beat Johnny in one of them but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just slipped out like, even like the, the list of talent like to go down there like kind of walking around so it was just all press it was a press launch we were brought around but we of course were given a very special exclusive area being Joe and all that like lovely. You know, set up a lovely little area but like so I spoke so Johnny Sexton Paul O'Connell Jeremy Guskett Kerry Griffin Joy Neville Brian Abana Sean Fitzpatrick Matt Dawson, uh, Martin Johnson. Martin Johnson actually is one of the he's one of the only people out of all of them. Sorry, Keith Wood was there. The mm. list goes on. Martin Johnson is the only person that I didn't pull aside and talk to because he's the scariest, most terrifying man I've ever he met is in my huge. entire life. He just has he's like... about seven foot nine. First of all, he just stands around. He's always angry. He did, he did no media. He was the only person who did nothing. He's like we were talking to the, the girls, the press girls there, and like, can we talk to? He's like, I, I don't really want to ask him. Do you want to ask him? He's like, no, I'm not asking him either. It's like, yeah, I don't want to do anything. That's fine. See you later. <laughs> he just uh, just has a rest, resting bitch face, like Martin Johnson. Oh, he did not realize. Like, when I mean, you see Paul O'Connell, Paul O'Connell is not a small man. No, like, he's much bigger than O'Connell. Just the height of him. He's just yeah. Because in the photo, yeah. like you can see the two of them, and like O'Connell's like head and shoulders, and then you kind of just like dean 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 dean, yeah. and there's Martin Johnson, like. Oh God, you were in I've the back just never looking at everyone. Man. I've never mm. seen him like he's just, and he's just such an imposing figure. You know, he doesn't have to say anything. He just has to look at you, and you're like, oh, sorry. "Well, he did captain England for rugby <laughs> World Cup win. I think he captained the Lions. Like he coached England. He's done it all. Like you, yeah. know, you can probably see why. Yeah. Was it a good experience though? Like it is. Gets... I highly recommend going to like and me being like, you know how much mm -hmm. I love Limerick. I'm born in Limerick. I live in Limerick. I'm one of the few people that haven't. You know, run off up to Dublin. Like, you know, I, I, I stuck with Limerick. <laughs> Limerick has gone through, the, especially the last few years. I think off the back of the recession, like the last, we'll say, 15 years in Limerick, 
it, it struggled big time. A lot of shops closed down, a lot of businesses, so particularly in the city centre. So like you have kind of like your your Crescent shopping centres and your Castle Troys, which are doing fine, but the city centre is really failing. Yeah. And to have such an iconic landmark building come into the city, they're hoping to attract 100,000 visitors in the first year. Amazing. It really bring up the, the roadworks nearly been done on O'Connell Street. It's a, it's, a, it's a, you know yourself. It's Limerick on O'Connell Street, is it? It's right smack in the middle of O'Connell Street, straight, nice. straight across from AIB Bank. So like you know yourself, when Limerick is up and thriving, like I was out in... Uh, the Limerick run was on on the Sunday. So they picked a really good weekend to launch it. That was on the Sunday. The sun was splitting the rocks. There was thousands of people. The Riverfest was on. When Limerick, when Limerick has stuff going on, when there's stuff there, people will come out. And mm. it's, as you know, it's a beautiful city. It yeah, just, it looked amazing. It's, you know, it's, great, it's great to see. And it I'm did. hoping it'll attract people into the city and people from other counties and other countries to come and see this experience. Exactly. Well, they come along, go to Matchetoman Park and then just pop over to the International Rugby it's Experience. Honestly, you can stroll it. Yeah. You won't be allowed in though with your Dublin tan, so I'll go down. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to... Limerick it. Yeah, go on. Rest, yeah, was, rest was, it. Are you doing your Martin Johnson face to me? Are you doing your Martin Johnson face to me? Do that again. Do your Martin Johnson face to me. I don't want to this early on in the week. Oh, they're big words. Now, speaking of big words, I'm surprised of all the media you didn't go and just bite the bullet to interview Martin Johnson. Like That would have been on your CV then. No, it's too big. Too strong. It's too scary. It's frightened. I was actually for the first time I was actually frightened. I was like, no, no, no. This guy's going to just kill me. Get me alive. I think he should come on the show. And come here to me, tell me this, Jason. Was there any like memorabilia there, or is it just like interactive yeah, experience? Yeah, just when we first got the first photos, there was kind of a cool story there with um, Tierra du- Thierry Dusatoire, Jiu Jitsu or something. Dusatoire. He played first, and there's stuff there from him. There's loads of jerseys and stuff around. So there's loads of memorabilia there. Then there's a floor of interactive experience, and then just, uh, kind of every floor is kind of different. Class. And like once you do a kind of cool thing, which it's just uh, especially for kids, mm. which are going over on like school tours and stuff. When you go around and you do all the into activities. At the end, then it tells you what position you should play as a rugby player. No oh, way. So, yeah, so it's kind of cool. So what you, you do the pass. Tight head or something. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to this pat, like the abuse I'm getting near. Tight head. So, this well, boy is brave this I'd morning. Be, I'd be better than most of the tight heads at Munster at the moment, in fairness, I say. <laughs> Loose. Those Munster lads are into a semi final of the URC. You'll take that back, young sir. Sorry, 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 yeah, sorry. but you know what's going to be on these hands? Your arse. Oh. I don't know now. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Well, anyway, I want to get down to international rugby experience. I was gutted I couldn't go. I had the invite, but I couldn't turn up. Felt we'll very left out. We'll get you down. I had a lot of FOMO. We'll get you down. But I will get down there. At least you yeah. got invited. Me and Pat to sit here, like, <laughs> yeah, where was checking our emails. Yeah. Um, no, but sure, like, they roll, there's a red carpet and all just to come in the way as well. We'll get that rolled out. Thanks, Phone yeah. calling. You know, I kind of appreciate shame. that. Yeah. yeah. We'll come down as fan, <laughs> fan girl. Don't worry about it. Uh, Actually, I think it's a private just, just for him. Yeah. We're just going to close it down. Yeah, that's fine. Champagne. Thanks, guys. Well, I wish it was for my uh, stellar sevens career, but it's not. It's just because of the Love Island stuff. And I said, I'll call a spade a spade. No. I'll take it. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? You're crazy not to take yeah. it to <laughs> um, Anyways, you got chatting to Johnny Sexton and Paul O'Connell down there, and we're going to hear those interviews in a little while. But we want to talk about one of the derbies that was on in the weekend, Ulster versus Connacht, up in Kingspan Stadium. Lads, Ulster effed it up. Like I, we were on this podcast what last week saying yeah. it's a foregone conclusion. Ulster are going to win. They're in flying form. They're second yeah. in the table. They've all their players playing, and they just didn't show up. Like no, they were so out of character. Yeah, and there was a nice stat actually over the weekend. It's Connacht hadn't beaten Ulster at home since 1960. They've only done it three times, and it's all been under McFarlane. So You're joking? Yeah. Wow. Hopefully I've got that start right, but as far as I know, yeah, they like they it's rarely go that, to yeah. Kingsman and win. 
And like you could see it in their faces. Jack Carthy was like crying after the interview of a lot of Connick friends. Big shout out to you. It's like they were absolutely delighted because I think they were just written off. And they knew themselves because it's a tough place to go to. I mean, very few teams. Like Ulster were second seed. We're kind of missing that part as well. Mm. And they'd set themselves up yep. for a home semi-final. So unless they just disrespectfully showed up, but they were so out of character. The jurors weren't ready. Something must happen in their prep just to not have them set mm. their, their training week or something. I don't know. But they were at home. There's no excuses for that. They just didn't turn up. They had all their boys playing. And did you see at the end, like <coughs> Bundy Key and all the lads like cheering to the crowd? Did you oh, see Bundy that Bundy was getting abuse and he was, I think he was like, oh, go to sleep or something. I don't know why he was. He was like waving, oh, like, yeah, go to sleep. Yeah. precedent for that. Like in fairness, Bundy loves getting rallied up uh, oh, before he, and after games. He yeah. was like getting stuck into the crowd. Mac Hansen was even like shouting at the crowd. Like, <gasps> did you see Max head? Man, what a knock I was like, um, you I think that's your skull. <laughs> it was. So not, you could see into the bone yeah. of his skull. Like, and then he strapped up and he played on then. Yeah. What a beast. Yeah. Built different, that fella. Sweet button chops as well. Give he looks up. great. They're pretty sweet. Yeah, he does. He, does. <laughs> he looks like, he looked like Wolverine, to be honest. And then with the gash, I was like, pity it's not Halloween, but. Yeah, he's <laughs> just such a good crack. He's playing at the top level of rugby and just like messing around with his hair and yeah. beards the whole time. We need more Mac Hansons in this world. Don't we? A bit we more do. personality and spice. It's great to see. Well done, Connick. We're delighted for you. It was a, it was a, it was an all right game. Like I Ulster wasn't didn't show really. up, and then it was just Jack, Jack Carty's boot just kept kicking the penalties, which was amazing. Good to see him in form, kicking well. He was really confident. Um, they had Bundy a key back playing, who obviously was a pivotal position in the centre mm-hmm. there, holding it all together. Do you think like people like having Mac and Bundy back is what makes the difference for that Connick team? I think maybe it helps them, but I think it probably in this instant, because it was knockout rugby, yes, to have that experience just to galvanise the belief. Mm. But I mean, they were like, excuse the expression, balls out. I mean, they were tackling like their life defended on it. Really like Bundy and Mac were probably quiet by their own standards. It was kind of a just a dogged game, like two heavyweights just tired, like end of rounds of boxing, just like trying mm. to knock lumps out of each other. But it wasn't an, an exciting game, but that's just knockout rugby at times. Um, like Keen Brennagas was nice. He was nice at eight, like his kick through. Like there's some good players there. Yeah. And I think it's the story of Connacht. Let's be honest, they botched, you know, like they had a, what, a, a tap penalty and, uh, which they knocked on. Uh, Farrell botched another pass that he should have given to was it Caelan Blade Caelan yeah. Blade yeah. so it's just those little moments could have come back to bite them in the arse and I think if they're going to do anything in South Africa now this week coming they're not going to get away they with that they can't stuff. afford to be missing oh, no. those opportunities they could have had the game written off by half time 100% with all the opportunities they had and their defence was top I love the mindset they had people like Kim Prendergast who you mentioned there at number yeah. 8 he was phenomenal it just seems like he's even more comfortable at 8 yeah. kicking through mm. Chasing it and tackling one of the fastest and not the fastest guy in Irish rugby, Robert Balakoon. Yeah. So agile. That guy is honestly, yeah. like, he's just so slippery. I used to train with him and he's so hard to get. Yeah. And I was like, ah, there's no way Keem Rennie gets to get him here. And he just claws him down. Yeah. So what a player. Uh, Connor Oliver is another one. And yeah. the guy you mentioned, Seamus Hurley Langton. Hurley yeah. Langton. That's one of the most complete performances from a six I've seen in a long time. That guy he was is an absolute monster and he was everywhere. Mm. I, I, I put, put my hand up. I haven't heard much about him before because I remember talking to some of the lads while we were watching the match. The first thing we said, like, who is that six? Mm-hmm. And this was like five, ten minutes in. Like, who is that six? Yeah. And everyone's like, that six. That's, oh my God, that six. He was phenomenal. Deservedly getting he got man of the match. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, Deservedly getting player of the match. He was like. just a pest, like, just all over the scrum, making turnovers. We were saying he came from New Zealand last year. Whereabouts yeah. in New Zealand, Pat? Did you say Wakado or something? Yeah, it was like Taranaki. 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 
Hurricane's training squad, but they just snapped him up, yeah. Hurricane's mm. training squad, and then Connacht brought him up, but he's not Irish qualified. No. no. Connacht are brilliant at doing that, I must yeah. say. I'd love to know, like, who's involved in Connacht's recruitment, because they love finding these little pearlers down in New mm. Zealand or Australia or something. And, yeah, but you know, I don't I mean, know. Look at Mac Hansen, for example, like, you know what yeah. I mean? They're finding these guys, they, oh, and they've done it a few times. Yeah. Like, even you look at someone, like, they brought Pete Aki over. Pete Aki now has been mm. starting non-stop for Toulouse for the last, what? Three or four mm. seasons. Connacht had him for a season, first of all, and no one heard of him. Mm. And now he's like, you know, starting one of the best teams in Europe. And he's yeah. a regular player and one of their key players for Toulouse. And they've done that. I can, we can list out the players. There's a yeah. amount of players Connacht have brought over the last five years. Whatever doing recruitment. Yeah, was, they have a great recruitment team, great scouting. Well, yeah. Andy Friend is, ba he was based in Southern Hemisphere for how many yeah. years? So he obviously has a lot of friends in different places. Oh, I don't know if I tend to agree with bringing these guys up that aren't qualified, though. So yeah. filling a spot that an Irish guy could fill. Do you know what I mean? What do you think, Lindsay? If he's Irish qualified, has it like an Irish granny grant? But he's just filling a spot that could be filled by an Irish guy. No, 100%. You know I mean? And uh, who was interviewed over the weekend for Turnier de, de Burke? Is it, yeah. Did I get that name? Um, and he did say, do you know, like there's a lot of great guys in the AIL that are being overlooked now. I don't know who he was having a dig at. <laughs> we'll go into that later in the show. <laughs> but like, I do agree with you if we're to, I mean, Connacht are a, a province that could do with like, you know, guys who might make it at other provinces and come over and let them reignite their career. Plus, you know, maybe people who've just gone off the boil who need to get back into Ireland, get them over there. So I do agree. But then if you'd like a Bundy and Mac Hansen that help galvanise and bring experience, it kind of adds to training as well. So there's kind of two sides to the argument. But I think as, as much as we can possible, keep mm, keep yeah. stuck in with our Irish guys. As well, isn't it? Because of the fact that if you remember as Alcona the smallest province Right, they've got the smallest amount of clubs, it's kind of smallest population. Yes. It is trickier for them to get players. Like, I mean, Munster are struggling to get players and Munster would have much more big, senior, high-profile AIL clubs getting guys to come through the ranks or for Connacht. Like, they don't have, yeah. they wouldn't have a presence in the AIL like with the Connacht teams and stuff and they kind of have to compare to the Ulsters and the Leinster. Well, Leinster, yeah. Leinster are just offloading players. They're so bloody well, Yeah, but I don't... But do you know what I mean? Yeah. That it is, I, I can understand for Connacht because they have, they've always been doing that. They've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. But I do appreciate what you're saying as well. There's, it's... Six There's so many good guys sitting in the AIL. Like, yeah. the, the, your man Boomer that came on yesterday for Terenure, he had an assist where he sprinted off the side of the scrum and got away from Alex Soroka, popped it off, Terenure scored a try. Mm. He scored his own try then after that. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, he was guys, exceptional. Look, these kind of guys that just give him an opportunity. Who's the Clark Tarp Centre? What's his name? He's played, he, was, he was at Munster for a while. Matt Darcy. Matt Darcy. There's another yeah. guy that, that could... That could another incredible player. Like, like, Munster for a while, they just never really gave him a chance. And yeah. So I've got to be devil advocate here, right? Like so, we're in pro rugby, so it has to be marketable as well. Mm. So that's no offense to the guys who are AIL and really good athletes and rugby players. But if you're looking at the likes of now, you're going into Champions Cup and even Challenge Cup now, where you're playing your big European teams, you have to have some draw. And it's not to say that Connacht don't have a draw, but you've you've hit the nail on the head. They still are a smaller province. Yeah. You are in the west of Ireland. Like that has to be a standard of life. That's obviously suited Mac. Look at him; he's expressing himself. Yeah. But like. You have to tip, I would assume, and I'm open for a correction on this, but I assume you have to tip the balance of what is a marketable product as yeah. well as being you have successful to like the rain, on it. First of all, yeah. you have to have a laugh like that. Jesus you Christ, love the rain. you have to love it. <laughs> no, you're trying to market a product to get players over or to. Just as a club, I would think, and as yeah, the sport right. and bringing finances and revenue. Yeah, I yeah. would think so. Like you're so. thinking, bring these marquee players from New Zealand up just to sell tickets. That could be an issue. I'm not saying against the argument, but but surely when we have so many, and we saw at the AI yesterday, like there was some great scores, like there was mm. high scoring, it was exciting, like there was great crowds. I was driving by the Aviva yesterday, so I'm not undermining club rugby. We've all come from there, and yeah. like we need to invest back into it. We need to love it a lot more than it has been. Yeah. But I'm saying for the likes of maybe Connacht, 
I think it's not as black as white as just like getting players mm. over. They have yeah, to I don't know. I think you can like, like there'd be young fellas sitting in, in Ireland that would like take a contract for 20 grand to take a development contract oh, just 100%. to play professional rugby rather than yeah. your man Seamus Langan isn't coming up for 20 grand. Like, do you know what no. I mean? He's coming up for a big... He's coming up for, he's probably on 100k. Like, yeah, well, he's around there, whatever 100K. it is. Like, what, what we, I think what well, we need, the what we need probably not is 100, but, like no. over New Zealand has worked for them is their Mitre 10 cup system is that they brought that competition up to a level where they're like, it isn't like climbing a stairs to go into the Super Rugby like it's just mm. another leap up but what they can do is it doesn't happen over here so you know yourself you've been in academies and stuff at Munster and guys that come in at 17, 18 if they don't make it by 20 and they go to the AL there's no coming back from that like yeah. off into the twilight zone that's the end of it done, but yeah. over in like New Zealand you could be with the Chiefs one year come up things don't quite work off the job mm. you go off now and you go play Mother 10 Cup for two seasons mm. and you can get brought back up with the Super Rugby at mm. 23, 24 sure, Damien McKenzie did it they've done it the injured, yeah. and they do yeah. that regularly yeah. we don't do the, that up here it's like, once you're it. gone you're gone Sonny Bill it. did it yeah everyone yeah they, they do, do it. It. So, yeah. and there should be and there should be that system here because we and whether that's an all-star team from the AIL playing a, a provincial team to yeah. get scouted absolutely so mm. there has to be ways to make it to get guys back into professional rugby. it needs rugby. to be more, yeah, fluid movement. You drop down to your club, you come back in. Well, like, I suppose Alex Roca was playing um, and he's in Leinster mm. and he dropped it down to play with Clontarf. So there's so bits was, and pieces um, of it. So was Brian Deegan. Brian Deeney, yeah. Brian Deeney, sorry, was on the bench. So obviously that's easier to do when the lads are already sitting in yeah. Dublin. But like... You need to bridge the gap though. Yeah, that, like, you do. That, that's the only way you can do it because that's what we're missing over here is bridging yeah. that gap. And the, Another one is the captain of Ternier, Harrison Brewer. He was in the Leinster Academy all the way up. Incredible <laughs> player. Then went over to Japan. Was playing in Japan for two seasons. His father, uh, something Brewer, he like coached. He played for New Zealand, I think. He okay. won a World Cup mm. in New Zealand. Okay. And he's an incredible player playing in the back row for Ternier or captain. And he's no sniff of playing with any club here in Ireland. Yeah. And he's like good enough to play in Japan. Like, Stop. You know? So it just fell out of that. I'm like, why are you going to New Zealand to get these guys when mm -hmm. we have them homegrown? Makes Maybe sense. I'm just too passionate about it. No, no, Irish you're right. We absolutely team. agree with you. We just, we have to look after our own. Yeah. yeah. Like, so how do we, we bridge it all together? Like, how do we make it, yeah. how do we fit the pieces of the jigsaw together? Yeah. That's and true. the fans are there for the club as well, as we see, like, I mean, I don't know what the, the scene is like in Dublin. I would be familiar with it, but mm. you'll know, Greg, and you'll see, like, even the likes of the, the Shannons and the, the Gary Owens and the Young Munsters and stuff, they're still getting good crowds to yeah. matches, particularly the last couple of years because they did die off massively there for a while. But they're mm. back up again. There's guys coming out, like, we're even getting crowds out to seconds and thirds games, mine first games, and guys coming out to games on in 2A and 2B and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So the crowd is there. So if you'd like, Bring bridge that gap between the provinces and the clubs. You'll get more people out to matches. You'll generate more more revenue. 100%. You'll build up the AIL and make the AIL more of a semi professional league than and what it, it should is be. And that's what it should be. Like. Yeah, you it need should to bring, be. need to bring up to a semi professional level. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Shannon also beating Highfield, staying up in the AIL 1A division where you're supposed to be. <laughs> Proud of you, lads. Um, but to kind of finish off this Ulster at Connacht game, um, there's rumours that Jack Harty might be his final season at Connacht. Yeah, I like, feel they could have been cemented with the tears after for quite a moment. Do you think? Yeah, I, I got a vibe. I was like, mm, I don't know where strange. he's off to. I haven't really heard much other than that. Like, no, maybe some big contract in France or something or France or, or somewhere. Like, that beautiful boot. He does have said like a guy like him a kick uh, a kick in ten like him will get a contract. Yeah, quite easily yeah. in France or over in Japan. Dead and right. he get a few pounds out. For sure, because <laughs> and he, he deserves it. And a bit yeah. of sunshine on his yeah. skin. He needs that vitamin D now. Internationally capped. Isn't it weird to think though that like he's playing so well for Connacht, they're into the semi of the URC and they're not even a sniff of the Irish team. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And he starts week in, week out at 10. Yeah, but then like we'll go on to Leinster, but Harry Harry put up his hand, I think, over the weekend. He was he was commander. And 
I won't miss Mr. Crowley. I thought he was excellent yeah. at 10. True. There's just so many Fantastic. guys playing well at 10. Really was. <laughs> um, and what's Cap next? Him. Cap him. What do Again. you think, Lindsay, with your expertise? What's next for Ulster? Probably be down as a bad season for them now after losing their quarter final at home and out of the European Cup as well. Yeah, and they're losing a lot of big names. Like yeah. Jordy Murphy is gone. And I uh, list them off. Rob Little, is gone. Cra- Craig Gilroy, Duane Vermeulen, Roy Sutherland, Jordy Murphy, Sam Carter um, are all leaving. They've got Kishoff coming in, don't they? Kishoff's coming in from the Stormers and Dave Ewers is coming in from Exeter, but that's not going to replace 10 players that are leaving. I think he should. Can Take him. him. Can we have him, please? Where is he going now, back? I don't know. He hasn't signed for a club yet. Can we have him, please? <laughs> Put that in. And any hookers you've got as well, whatever's got tight heads. Well, I'd take Tom Stewart. I don't know why he started on the bench. Yeah. I do not know why he started on the bench. He's one of the top try scorers. He's been so consistent this season. He got their only try for Alan O'Connor off the mall try. I just don't get it. Mm. So I'm take sure, him. Yeah. Check him. Is Jordan, Jordan Roberts retiring, isn't he? Yeah. There's yeah. a good player. There's a guy like it, I think, didn't quite get the credit he deserved throughout his career. Who? Jordy Murphy. Oh, sorry. Yeah, There's no, he didn't. done a lot. Like, I, think he, I know he had a couple of bad injuries and stuff, but he got injured, injured at the wrong time. Yeah. He did. Yeah, he, got, he, yeah, he got a bad injury at the World Cup, wasn't it? Remember? He did, yeah. Is it 2019 World Cup? That's recent one. I can't remember I think which he did. one. I remember him getting a bad injury to our cup, but hell of a player when he was at his pump. Like, yeah, big time. I mean? Really good player. Yeah. So, Vermeulen, I'm assuming, will go to probably, will keep playing because I can imagine he's going to be at the World Cup with South Africa, possibly. He's going to go him. home. Yeah, he's definitely going to bring, bring him. him. But I think maybe, will he sign for maybe one of the Bulls? The Bulls or the Sean? Or the I Sean think he'll go home as well, I think, as well. Yeah. Someone like that. So, you go, so yeah. Um, so what's next for then, Lindsay? I don't know. There's rumours, rumblings that there's been discontent in the camp like for a long time now. And you can see that there's, I just don't know how you have such a great group of players there. Um, and they didn't really reach the heights they should have. When it came to knockout rugby, when no. it mattered, they didn't show up. No, they were yeah. kind of petulant and moody. And to, to me, that's something that's happening behind the scenes and coming in onto the pitch. So I don't know, um, for for someone who was tipped as being able to challenge Leinster this year, they just were like a balloon, you know, with the last bit of air and it. Just, yeah. just we basically it said the same thing on the show last year as well. The exact same thing happened. Ulster had a great domestic season, looked well, but then when like push came to shove, when it came to the big games, they just were nowhere to be seen. So what do they need to do, do you think, to get that mental edge in the cup knockout I think they need stages? to hire someone genuinely. Like, yeah. If that's the thing, like the rugby is exceptional, they can fix that. They're doing that, like they've shown us that, uh, you know, yeah. some consistent patches during the season. But like there's one side of the game that, you know, some clubs are able to master, whether that's through the coach or whether they someone professionally. And yeah. I think at this stage, if it's a pressure thing, and it came as a review for Ireland and look where we are now. Like after the last World Cup, that was what the review yeah. said, that they couldn't handle the pressure um, psychologically. So that was impacting their their play. And if that's something for Ulster to look at, and we could be totally wrong, um, but I think they need to look at getting someone fresh. Like, I think you're exactly right, Lindsay. Their players are incredible. One mm-hmm. of the best squads in Europe, like across the board. Um, but their coach, maybe the coach is right, because the only thing I can put my finger on, because if they had someone like Rog in there, man managing, I yeah. think they'd have a system that would work for the incredible players they have and yeah. we get them through that cup rugby stage. Maybe they just need another coach on top, like a different director of rugby or a consultant going in. I don't yeah, know. I think it's either, as I said, you leave Dan McFarlane in, who seems to do some good on-field decent, stuff. Decent coach, obviously. Yeah, but like, I, he, yeah. I'd say he could be all skill. Like I said that to mm. you on the show before, like to me, he kind of was a bit hard publicly on them. Mm. And I'm yeah. not sure how I'd find that as a player. Like you're meant to be like this solid unit and your coach. You never speak publicly, in my opinion, with that. Yeah. But, you know, you keep your, your shit at home. So, um, if if that's not work for him, then yeah, maybe it's time to part ways and get someone. Because at that stage, when you have such experienced players and such elite players, there's really very little. You need to get them happy 
and content and enjoying their rugby it's and then just let them ex- like, yeah. exactly just Happy express players, themselves that's it like it's actually it seems so simple but it's just hard hardest thing to get because you're it's managing egos yeah. you imagine all these egos imagine that i'm like whoa okay i do think ulster is one of the best squads in, in europe by far like it's even it's more balanced than the monster squad i think yeah just mm. monster are have somehow managed to pull like the heart and soul out of monster again and they're mm. going for it and their heart and their sleeve and they're just going for these games which is beautiful to see and I think it started in South Africa and it's continued on now to this Glasgow game where they went over to Scottstown and they beat Glasgow 14-5 their only loss of the season at home congratulations it's, boys it's beautiful it's yeah. always, I, was, I was out at dinner and I had it on the phone and I was just I kept cheering every time in the restaurant they scored <laughs> I just I just love to see the fight in them again what did you make of it, Jason? It was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah. I know, obviously, there was a red card for Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. But no, like, well, I suppose if you look at that, the red card came in between the two tries. But if you look at, like, as you said, the fight, that first 20 minutes, like, that defensive effort was incredible. Yeah. They, I couldn't believe. They wanted it so you're looking bad. looking at it like, it's yeah. nil all. How is it nil all? We should be getting hammered here. We should mm. be two tries down. Then all of a sudden, then they scored that try out of nothing. Mm. Then, obviously, the red card came, which was absolutely stupid out of the... the the Glasgow Town name Jordan, again. Jordan. Tom Jordan. Just stupid. I've no, I've no pity from them. That situation whatsoever. It was just stonewall red card and just silly. And you've nothing to gain from what you're doing there. He went in so high to tackle Murray. Like, and Murray's a tall fella. Murray's what six three or something. <laughs> yeah. Isn't he? Like it's not like he's small. It's not like he was tackling Craig Casey. Yeah, like, no offense, Craig. Exactly. No, it's fair <laughs> enough. Like it was so silly, and that obviously was very pivotal. I think it was only about fifteen minutes into the game, mm-hmm. and he had time to line yeah. him up. Like he is very tall guy. He did. Yeah. Um, it was just it was a silly challenge. And he was the out half, which is a big person to lose. Like you know, it's not like losing a winger or something. No. You know? So that was obviously pivotal. And but then. Munster capitalised on it straight away. So they'd, al- they'd already scored through Fekitoa. Yep. And then Frisch scored off that with beautiful little uh, interplay between Daly, Crowley. Daly, back to Daly was lovely. Yeah. Like he, he did really well there because he had to act quick like, and he had to draw the man and put mm. it back out again. It's beautiful, beautiful interplay, it interplay play, like, wasn't it? It was gorgeous. And yeah. this is where I'm saying Crowley is very much that, like, because Johnny Sexton's different in how he brings right to the game line and makes yeah. that decision last minute, make sure the defender's in. And Crowley did that twice for mm. both tries. Mm. Um, he did actually yeah he it's did fair, yeah he did to be fair yeah um, so he creates that gap and this is where I'm like yeah the boy's doing well do you know and that's where the the, the difference in your exceptional tens they are the playmakers mm. so he's opening up them gaps. Job is, your job is to create space 100% you and know? he did that really well Frisch did really well he, I, I thought he was going to be held up by Steen was it Steen or the fullback um, I thought I had him and he just ripped the ball and put it down so the centres played well Fekitoa has come good well, for oh, his Fekitoa coming good towards the end of the season oh get the checkbook back out lads <laughs> keep <laughs> him he must have just just obviously struggled at the start of the season with the move or whatever there's always stuff going on behind the scenes and he probably was trying to find his feet and now he has and we're losing him what do you make of it Jason? Uh, look as I said he did play well towards the end of the season but he still is at times like suspect particularly in defence and positioning mm. and stuff and um, I do I do look, I'm looking forward to seeing what's the Nankavelli coming in like just a lot being heard about him then obviously we've got uh, what's him coming over Sean O'Brien coming over from Exeter as well so I think we're pretty okay yeah I think you're good like, two for one yeah in fairness, that kind yeah. of way like, so I think Frisch is, is fine in form again because he did have a he did of quiet games lull, there yeah. like, and he was good the weekend but, yeah uh, Frisch and Fekatoa seem to be the nice 12-13 yeah. partnership there which hopefully will get us through the semi-final <laughs> Lindsay <laughs> You're just biting your tongue. No, we we will get on to that. Go but, on, um, go on. Have your moments. Just have oh, your fine, moments fine. here when I listen. Let's talk about all, the, talk more let's about talk about all the players we're going to be missing next week. It's going to make a huge difference. <laughs> that is a problem. We have a big injury list. Peter Manny went off after five minutes. With Did he this. break the arm? 
I don't. Oh. I think he's struggling with a with a constant injured arm. I presume it's something to do with his shoulder, like labrum or something like that. Oh, could be so a bicep so. issue or something. Could be like bicep so tendon. So. It's something that like is just continuously mm-hmm. going to keep coming at him. And I'd say he's just strapping himself up until the end of the season. I'd say that fella is like held together with glue. Oh. They get the big stapler out. And they're just like stapling yeah. them together. Yeah. And for him to go off, he must have been a lot of pain. A lot of pain. Yeah. Who else? Calvin Nash got a knock to the head, which isn't great. Orgy Snyman got a knock to the head. That fella's getting knocked. That poor fella, man. He just can't get a string of games together. Yeah, it's another bang. Like that's two and three weeks. Like so. Two and three weeks. I don't think yeah. they're gonna give him, let him play this again if it's a second bang in three weeks. I don't think it'll be clever, a clever move to be honest with you. No, it won't look great either. Burn back at least, so at least Burn probably switch back into. Yeah, but the only up. thing is, Mister Burn had a moment in me when he shot out <laughs> the line. I was like, <laughs> that was a bit that's yeah, so out of character. It's a bit strange out of him, like, and especially I mean, if he did catch that, like, you ain't none in that pitch, Tyke. No. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so close. <to> la- <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sorry. You're you're quick for a, a, a yeah. hybrid back, back row forward. I second row, but you ain't none in that pitch. So I don't know what he was doing there. But yeah, he's so actually just fresh line. back in, like, so he always got a rush of blood to the head. But and Glasgow scored off that. Stein is a steam in the corner. Yeah, give him a chance, but thankfully. And the six-two split on the bench paid off for Munster. Did certainly, yeah, it worked. Um, Which is interesting to see. Yeah, it is. It's it's, some teams are going with it. Like I mean, I think for Munster, we do probably have better um, forwards and backs kind of a situation. So. And that, that was obviously the game plan got in. Like, mm. and it probably did help the fact that they went down to 14 men. So I don't think you noticed the split so much. Yeah. Maybe if they weren't, they could have, they could have backfired. But you're always down. taking a chance with that because what if someone, like one of your backs, goes off injured like in the first five minutes in a pivotal position? That's the thing you have to worry about. Like, but you'd rather yeah. that than have, you'd rather have an extra forward because the backs can play 80 minutes and play longer if they yeah. have to. Whereas mm. a forward, like... And it was, gonna a dog, like it was always going to be a dog, like it was always going to be like yeah. a war. Yeah, exactly. So, it was it Kent Allen was listed as 23? I think it was, yeah. I was like, geez, that's weird. So yeah, he's so dynamic, you could probably play in the back yeah. line anyway. Yeah, well, 100%. Yeah. There's someone that can come back in anyway, like if, if Omani isn't there, like if Canilla can start. You know yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't be too worried. I'd, sure. r- I'd rather Omani got himself right for the World Cup. 100%. That's <laughs> what I was thinking. If this is an actual proper so- shoulder injury, and yeah, like, what, there's a decision to be made there. Surgery now. Yeah, say, yeah. To be ready for What's September. Because Ireland do need him, like, yes, you know, to he's, be he's very in that squad. Um, even though Munster love him, Ireland comes first, really. I but, do feel I need to give you more love because if you list out all of the internationals that um, Hugh Jones. Uh, to to Lupatu, who went down, he was class, and he helped you by getting his yellow card. Like they were world class, like they were a cl- top class team, in Glasgow, and at home. Like mm. so, you did. And at home is a big well. thing. Yeah. So you might have a chance this weekend, like yeah. a little one. Like well, that's the thing. Now we're going into the big game against Leinster in the Aviva. The Leinster lads are sleeping in the dressing room. They're there so often now, and, and they, we're. The added injury list, Andrew Conway, Keith Earls, Paddy Patterson, Liam Coombs, Jack Daly, O'Mahony, Murray, Snyman, Nash all have a question mark against him. What if Murray's gone now and Casey starts and Patterson's already out? Do we have another nine? Wait, you can borrow one of us. We're hope, well, Murray was, Murray was only a HIA, so he'll be fine in six days. We wouldn't know though, because he didn't come back he, on. Is it a bad one or not? Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? That's, I, I wouldn't like... It, it might, it might not be as well. Well, hopefully he pass, passes his protocols yeah. and stuff. It was a nice bang look. It, it was a nice yeah, bang. Right oh, I hope he's back. Hope <laughs> but it's going to be, it's going to be a big game and Leinster don't really have any injuries. Johnny Sexton and James are the only two. Yeah. Right. Otherwise you have a full squad to pick from. It's on Indy Viva. Can we do it, Jason? Don't want to look at Lindsay right no, now. You can, of course you can, but will we? Probably not. But. That negativity, get out. <laughs> That's Be not honest. what we need to hear. I security. 
Please we, remove this man. No, I, I look, I, I give him a chance. If they play the way they played against um, Glasgow and if Leinster get a red card in the first 10 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> we've got and a chance. And two other yellow cards throughout yeah, the game. But, yeah. yeah, look, I think you did, Munster are due a big performance against Leinster and maybe, and maybe Leinster have one eye on the Champions Cup final. That's what I'm clutching. And that's what you're kind of looking that at. Leinster They're like, pissed yeah. off. They lost against La Rochelle last year. They haven't won it in a while. They've got more URC medals than I've had or... Well, sorry, they actually haven't won URC, but they've won the, for the four mm. years in a row they won the Pro 14 before that. So they've won the, the league, the domestic league, plenty of times. The big one for them is Champions Cup. So maybe, maybe we might catch They're them They're just slightly looking at the European Cup. And yeah. do you think they'll come out f- guns blaze and have the full Leinster of course, squad? Oh, they, of course they're the full Leinster. All the top lads? It will, it's semi-final Leinster. Will they see it as like get these guys a good game in no. before playing the European final? No. Don't you undermine no. how much we, we don't like it. So don't think you're coming up to the Viva like, oh, pity monster, we're going to give him, we'll just put out a third string we table. Now. Are they going to go? Yeah, we are going to go balls out and we're going to make sure we remind you who's top dog in this league. Oh, you heard it here first. You're Bomb. thinking like Henshaw's in, Ring Rose is in. Every, well, we're like not going to be stupid either now. Let's, <laughs> let's roll it back here. Right. We'll obviously have to manage some injuries. Will Ring Rose play? Maybe. We'll see how fully fit he is. Henshaw... <laughs> What's his return to play? Like he might come off the well, bench. Ah, uh, he's been yeah, so he's been he's, been, he's had two great games. So I don't think move him. No. Yeah. But Henshaw ne- will need game time. McCarthy will be in, he needs game time. That little man monster is gonna take Tyburn out of it. So there's gonna be some nice matchups. I tell you, I was very impressed with Harry Byrne over the weekend. Um his crossfield kick. He tried it twice actually to Larmer. I felt he should have caught the first one. Um, but his try was exceptional and it was such a deft kick like it just it was like he was like a soccer player mm. he kind of actually just spun it out so it bounced back in and he, he hit the space rather than the player which I did. thought was very he clever was, he, the whole game he was very calm very chill just mm. pulling strings as if he was like a well seasoned out half wasn't he yeah it was beautiful to see like he it's so mad to think Harry and Ross are brothers and they're battling for mm. the number 10 jersey there was in a nice photo on their media the two of them so and they're both playing top of the, like it could go either way. I think Ross just has the edge a little bit because he's more international experience. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit older, but Harry's pushing. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was a man who had his chest out and he was yeah full yeah. of confidence at the weekend. Who starts to tend this weekend for you against Munster? I think Ross will start. I think they will start now to get a bit of consistency with not only this week, hopefully a final if we make it pass if we make it by Munster. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then obviously for La Rochelle. So I was impressed with their breakdown work. I was impressed with how aggressive they were. Uh, against the Sharks and they kind of they just smothered them really um, mm. other than that uh, moment um, what's his name Grant is it the nine yeah. first Sharks got in he was very clever he's had a good season actually for them but other than that I don't think we were threatened yeah. I think that's what ca- could catch us at Munster as well I remember I wasn't on the show last week the week before we were looking at the, the run back of the URC the fact that Munster had the best defence mm. in the league and looking at the stats there from the weekend and you have the fact that what is it the the second half, they made 225 tackles. So Munster are very like, heavily reliant on their defence. Mm. Now, against a relentless Leinster team, there's only so much defence you can soak up, so much attack you can soak up, sorry, mm. in defence. That if they rely solely on defence and just getting making 300 tackles, Leinster will break through. That's yeah, and I think they're so big, so strong, is, so athletic. Leinster so are going to score tries. Like, of course they will. That's, it's inevitable. So you have to score so tries. You have back, to which score, we can't yeah, do. We're yeah. not good at that. We're good at keeping tries out. Yeah. We're not very good at scoring points. Exactly. Yeah. I think you'll need to, yeah, but I think we've seen you play that open, expansive style, and I think you're just going to have to trust it and go toe to toe, Lancer. I don't, because I think Lancer will try and get into ter- kick for territory. I think they'll try and be smart with how they use the ball. 
Um, if it's a wet day, it's going to suit you guys and they won't want to get into an arm wrestle. I think what needs to happen is Munster need to make it a dog fight and start pissing off the Leinster lads. So. Make it really personal and just turn it into a dog fight because Leinster, the nice fluid movement. I think, we're, I think we're different now. Plays. I think the opposite. I think you throw yeah. caution to the wind and if you look at like right. Ireland years ago, right, like we used to always go, let's bring it down to a dog fight. Yeah. Now, but in the last 18 months under Andy Farrell, they're averaging three tries a game. Every game we play, we score three, usually it's four or five tries. Look Minimum at this, the tries Ireland are scoring at the moment. When Leinster play, Leinster never score less than four tries. Mm-hmm. At least three. So if you want to beat Leinster, you have to score three or four tries or you won't you won't like bring it back down to dogfight and kick your penalties yeah but that's what I mean don't be trying to score twice we're going let's go a nice starter play against yeah, okay, a nice yeah. starter play yeah, yeah that like, makes sense like yeah start annoying him at the rock and start like make it a real like do- like an Irish derby fight and start yeah. br- and make these Leinster lads emotional and like oh do you haven't done that in a while, rather yeah. than just letting them yeah. flow in the Aviva Stadium and whipping balls out you can't let Leinster get ahead of steam like no and I think what would be key as well is like Milner struggle now at the scrum the weekend and that was a key error I was like oh god we're weak here yeah. so depends who now they're going to go as tight head much better like to be honest yeah <laughs> do you know what I mean like so you might go for Archer who might be good in the scrum but he's not as fluid he's not as mobile out in the field so then you're goose if you mm. have an Andrew Porter on do you know what I mean so I'm not sure it's squad selection I think would be key for you guys and then it's availability yeah. it's available with so many uh, monster injuries uh, so we will see this week how the boys uh, patch up I'd say the physio room in University of Limerick Munster HQ is busy this morning they're on the bath phone <laughs> yeah. any, any spare physios or nines actually there uh, yeah it's interesting I think Murray will be alright though hopefully um, but then moving on to that Leinster game so they as we knew was going to happen they beat Sharks 35-5 yes. they played really well Leinster made nine changes to this starting 15 we mentioned Harry Byrne came in Luke McGrath played very well he captained at yeah. nine um, Luke McGrath he deserves to be in an Irish squad does he? Oh, what do you think there's just no space for him no he definitely does he plays he's, well every time he comes on yeah he's a very smart guy yeah. um, they'd obviously identified maybe a, a narrow around the rook they, they tried to hit that wide ball again like trying to get into to space you know so mm. he's just a very smart player um, he also plays the ref really well, you know, so he'll he'll see like, again, discipline was, you know, questionable over the weekend. So he's kind of, he's well able to play and manipulate and that's a really key nine, a especially at an inexperienced 10. Well, like, that was a nice partnership with yeah. Harry, you know, to have experience there and um, I would think that just added to his confidence. But yeah, um, Larmer looked like he picked up an injury on a high ball. Larmer? Yeah. So. Yeah, he was back playing really well. I thought he was, he was, Buzzing around, high energy, beating guys. It's nice to see him coming into form mm. towards the end of the season. I, see, I, I think he might be putting his hand up for the Irish squad like you know, in the next yep. couple of months if he keeps going on this trajectory. A lot of lads have kind of come back, like you think of Stockdale and Ballacoon and mm. like Lowry, all these guys are trying to show their hand to, to Andy Farrell. Mm. Larmer's one of those and he actually has done it. Obviously, it's been an opportunity because James Lowe has been injured. Yeah. That he gets to start in the wing, but I think he's taken it. He is. There was just the one moment where I just like, instead of just like hands out, just take man and ball, like just be that aggressive self yeah. and just really want to more. But overall, I think he did well. He got his try. Mm. He was lively. He was looking for work. So yeah, definitely. You need that kind of energy like yeah, you uh, out in the wing for sure. And uh, other guys that got starts that we hadn't seen in a while getting starts. Max Deegan, Michael Milner, Jason Jenkins. He's coming to form playing with Leinster, obviously. Ryan Bard, Scott Penny, Dave Kearney played well in the wing. And Kieran Frawley at 12 was nice. Frawley had an exceptional kick off yeah. his scrum, right? He kicked back in um, for territory and it was an exceptional kick. So I think, again, he's a man who can just, he just has those touches of brilliance mm. and he can read the game really well. Um, 
I thought Max Deegan as well. Do you know, there was some lovely interplay for Deegan's try. Like, again, just basics done really well. Draw, give, mm. some quick hand movement. Mm. Um, Incredible The try, same yeah. for the kick through for Dave Kearney for Gibson Park. I just think they just know each other so well. Mm. to know where they're going to go so yeah. do you know what I'd like to see an exciting game this weekend between the two teams but Doris was phenomenal well kind of used to saying now that he's been phenomenal all season but that second try that they scored was Doris scored the second try he absolutely bulldozed his way through <laughs> you're kind of the way he runs through you're like how did he even yeah. like because when you look at this he's running from a distance and there's like three or four of them on line and it's just Boom. Boom, and then the hand goes up. And you're like, "How in God's name did you get through there?" Man? How did Man Pimpy get up after that? Because like, <laughs> he, he put his head across the tackle yeah. as well. He had to. Oh. He had a big boy the coming at you there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> See, it was some try. He played incredible the whole game with Doris, in fairness, but he has done week in week out. Yeah, but he makes breaks he shouldn't mm. make. He makes great decisions around the rook. Like he's just a man always ducking mm. a dive and looking to get involved he's, like, he's bulk. he's managed to bulk up not say like huge I think he's about 96 maybe 97 kilos so which is which wouldn't be maybe massive for an mm. international but he's much bigger than what he was yeah. but he hasn't lost any of his speed or his footwork so you're adding like you're, you're, it's, it's, you know, he's a truck with a Ferrari mm. engine essentially is what he is like so <laughs> do you know that's, it's, that's what makes him because he's He's big and strong, but he's so bloody dynamic. Yeah. And you don't even know, like, if he, is he going to crash through you or is he going to use footwork at the last minute? Yeah. Because he can do it if he wants to. <laughs> and he's done that with Ireland or do a little offload or throw a little pass. So you can do it you all. set yourself up for that when you just see this rampaging number eight coming at you or six, wherever he's playing at the yeah. time. Yeah. In fairness to Sharks, how good was Grant Williams? I thought he's exceptional. He's only been capped, I think, once by the box. So mm. I'd like to see whether he's going to have some involvement. So, so fast. Oh, he's was shit up like that. Wow. He ran around Dave Kearney like Dave Kearney was Ty Furlong. Yeah. It was yeah. mad. And Dave Kearney's fast. Yeah. So this guy, wow, incredible yeah. player, Grant Williams. He, he scored he, he scored a class try in Last the week, Champions Cup as well. And he scored oh, yeah. one against Munster as well, as far as I know. He, yeah. Unbelievable one in Champions Cup. He's been, he's been, he's, he scored 12 or 13 tries this year or something like that. Yeah. He's some speed so, from yeah. a scrum half, isn't he? A scrum yeah. half, yeah. And yeah. he got great platform after his scrum, so he was able to just really be the like that igniter feel for a lot of their good things. Yeah. But like they were missing Etzebets and they were missing um, Khaleesi, so it'll be interesting to see with some of their big names back, would they have given us a better game? But I thought, as I said, we matched the aggression levels and then we were able to play. They were saying about Khaleesi during the week as well, like he could be in a, uh, a race to be fit for the World Cup. He got Whatever surgery last him. week. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. that could be a big blow for the box. Like, like not just losing him, like his physicality and his presence, but the leadership, yeah. leadership, yeah, everything. Like, it's huge for the World Cup, especially with we've got to that guy in our group you know like yeah. them without Khaleesi like it's, it's a big one for them so it is it is but that's their um, URC season over they're knocked out by Leinster which is a favour towards Connacht so Connacht now guaranteed Champions Cup next year yeah, which is great and you know what's unreal to see as well is out of the four teams left in the URC semi-finals three of them are Irish teams yeah, yeah. isn't that incredible that's yeah. class that's yeah. class obviously Leinster Munster and then Connacht are playing Stormers they're going away to Stormers not which easy. is not an easy no. one and they have, and they played what in the weekend and they have to get to Cape Town this week and play this weekend that's a lot tough. of travel and Stormers were good Stormers were good yeah Libak was absolutely electric the weekend he was back to his yeah. flying form wasn't Fly he Fly himself he yeah. was exceptional he was involved in so many things he was a man who was like possessed he was really enjoying the game against yeah. him he just was brilliant pretty sure he's top point scorer in the URC and but his, his kicking was back he was flowing around the place he was just playing on another level wasn't yes, he he was time. smiling you don't want to get the Stormers mm. when he's playing like that no yeah and Willem said then out the back like, you forget about one of the best players in the world I know Willemse. 
They're incredible, yeah. I'm hoping now for Connacht's sake that they aren't on that level of... I was thinking the same. When, I was like... Mm-hmm. The All-Irish final would be last, wouldn't it? Like if yeah. they got through. I mean, do we know how the final works, yeah. Remember last year there was a bit of an, an issue. Like, so if, is it the highest ranked team? Their country would get it if they're yeah. in the final. Yeah. So if Leinster get into the final, it would be on in South Africa. Or sorry, it would be on in Dublin. Dublin. And mm-hmm. then if... Stormers get through and Munster get through, then it'll be on South Africa. So, okay, yeah, interesting. Kind of stuff. so if, you had, if you had like Leinster Connacht or Munster Connacht, it would be on Ireland. Yep. Munster Connacht, yeah. That'd yeah. be cool. Imagine that, then we'd have, um, well, imagine that. That means Leinster could have potentially have a URC and Champions Cup final. Sure, we might as well. Why not? <laughs> Just add another one. Now, in. I'm, I'm so, not what are you talking about? about you're a dub that. now. They earned it. <laughs> not a, take that back. You I'm are not a, dub. a dub. I'll never be a sure, dub. Sure, isn't he only telling us about the new house buying up here? Limerick True and True. or somewhere as well. You heard it here first. Love Island exclusive. Greg O'Shea buys and Dorky. You know I already signed for Leinster when I was coming out of school. Did you? Yeah, I came up and I. Oh, you're already telling us this now. Two years in. Gervin Dempsey was the academy manager at the time. Brought me in and I was looking around the place and uh, I nearly came in, came up here to go to UCD and do B and L business and law and go into sub academy in Leinster. And just last minute I changed. I was like, no, I can't leave Munster. And I signed for Munster instead. Dead right. Isn't that mad? I thank God because I, f- I was feeling I could feel the shoulders go up but then he yeah, relaxed Jason down, was like it? looking at me yeah. where's this story <laughs> going? Bleed 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 bleed. Bleed. I do bleed red I love I Munster I was going to say uh, I think I do too <laughs> 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 you, you definitely bleed blue 100% you definitely bleed blue <laughs> I, uh, One predictions from you guys we have a Leinster lady and we have a Munster mug beside him <laughs> beside her You're so nice calling me a lady Bless you Patrick Munster versus Leinster this weekend in the Aviva Stadium What's the score going to be, guys? If one of you, it is a podcast, lads, so if one of you want to speak, it'll be great. I think we're going to win by 10 plus. <laughs> 10 points plus. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say 20, but I'd be respectful. 10 plus. 10 okay. plus. Okay. Interesting. What do you think, Jason? I <laughs> don't Use your rugby lad expertise. Honest to God, I think probably 10 plus Leinster as well, to be honest. Oh with my you. God, man, you're actually breaking my well, I have heart. To be, like. I mean, look, I have to be an honest journalist here. I can't just go, all I would love is if Munster won, but I have to <laughs> and go, I wish I'd just say, yeah, Munster going to win by 20 points, but I am a realist. Okay. We are not going to win. And if we do, I'd be pleasantly surprised. But I'm going to go in with my glass half empty and a big miserable head in me and hoping that <laughs> things will twist yeah. in my favour. But I don't see it that way. But yeah. I know. I think it it's, be a go- bonus if it's it going to come down to sl- if if Munster have a decent selection this week and fellas get back from injury. Oh, hold on, I think I'm going to yawn with all these excuses. Uh, just no, just give us your prediction. I don't know. I was. I, my heart is just like overpowering my head, and I just want Munster to win so badly. I think there's something left in Munster this season before it's over. Something big is going to happen. They've been building. They went down to South Africa, yeah. beat Stormers, drew with the Sharks. Came up, everyone didn't think they were going to go over to Scottstown. I said it, I was like, once they're going to win over in Scottstown. Excuse me, did. I also said it. You don't. You also said it. I know the ca- a lot of the boys in the camp down in Munster, they're all in great form, they're flying it. I don't I know. I think they it's... fought the good fight, hon, right? They fought the good fight. <sighs> I but I think the gloves are off and they're, they're waving the white flag. <laughs> <laughs> I think Munster, by one score... <sighs> Scored in the 78th minute <laughs> to win, and they hold on defensively, the, and they get the final whistle in the Munster 22. I think the one score like, is a penalty, just, honestly. Just yeah. like the Irish Old Boys against Charlotte, <laughs> the Red Cup final, 79 minute try to win it and send Tom Clifford Park into raptures. And some <laughs> of the Irish Old Boys are going to be upgraded, are they? 
to the Monster Squad this weekend because he's my We better get started. There's a couple of guys there I said I could do a job. You know. Speaking of club rugby, we need to give a shout out to Terenor. We spoke about them earlier. Who beat Clontarf in the AIL final in Aviva yesterday. 50 points to 25 or something yeah. like that. 50-24. Yeah. 50-24. Clontarf t- topped the league their regular season. Uh, Clontarf were being, ex- yeah, they've had a really good season. They're, yeah. Were they not reigning champions? Yeah, mm. finished top and then it, it, your Munsters nearly beat them in the semi, but uh, did, that wasn't a great game ever, but no. I think they were favourites in that game, weren't they, Clontarf? Yeah. So. Yeah. Two great teams, well two great squads, good expedition of uh, Irish rugby, Irish There were some rugby. great tries. A lot of passion, unbelievable tries. The kicker from Terranor, Caelan Dooley, Wow. Eight yeah. penalties. Yeah. 30 points he had. And three conversions. Didn't he? 30 Insane. points yeah. out of the 50. That's nuts. He's from Limerick as well. I'm not sure. I actually don't know who he is. He must be much younger than me. I think he's 23. Um, as wow. you know, all the good talent comes from Limerick and goes yeah. to Dublin. Do you know Incredible. that's right? So they can't get talent the, here. Rugby players, presenters, journalists. <laughs> they have to get them all present, out of Limerick. Present company excluded. It's where all yeah. the talent is. Look, we, it's no. not our fault. You're not wrong, Jason. It's not our fault, Craig. It was beautiful to see. Well done, Ternior. <laughs> and I was only chatting to one of the Ternior guys this morning on the way in, and they're still on it. They didn't stop celebrating. They were inviting you out, were they? Oh, I'm not <laughs> joining those ads. They're dead right. Yeah. They're dead, they're right. dead we, right. We were out for two and a half days. Like, we only won the bloody Web Cup in the third second. Right? Yeah, yeah, like, you for a week. <laughs> Honestly. I'm you for a you week. Book the time off, yeah, work like. Yeah, about nah, it. Nah, the slog, lads, put in. You know, Jason. And you know, Lindsay, yeah. obviously. The slog women and men put in for club rugby is yeah. just I don't know how people work. do it yeah. it's all voluntary like, it's at least people, like not just the players the people behind the scenes mm. the coaches the, the kit men the team managers the fans everyone it's just, mm. it's a community club game and it's like you know I'm not trying to sound cliche or like poetic or anything but it's it's weird it's from the ground up it's yeah. where it starts that's grassroots rugby's we wouldn't have our super international team and our Munsters and our Leinsters and our Connops yeah. and Three out of the last four teams, if it wasn't for the Terran Euros yeah. and the Clontarfs. Of course. And they're all, they're so in love with the club. They turn up every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday for themselves. But I even know that one of the uh, co captains of Terran Euros, Stephen O'Neill, he would turn up on a Sunday and go coach the minis and stuff. Oh, like they're God, just. Yeah. They really get back. And they're immersed really in the club. So, there's so many of them across the country, like in every yeah. club, in every club, in every club. Has Hugely. They deserve it. Yeah, it's brilliant, brilliant to see. Unlucky Clontarf, but you have a few already, so share the love. Um, <laughs> And also Shannon staying in 1A. Hopefully they can stay there again next year. Lads, Did you say Shannon got in 1A? Do you want to say that again? Staying in 1A. I love them. <laughs> Shannon are my club, lads. I also believe exactly. black funny and funny you see in Limerick, there's actually a new mural gone up just uh, across from um, JJ Bowles pub, just on the river. And they just painted a big massive mural saying there is an oil. And it went in on Friday, I think. Yeah. It's finished. And then they set up on Saturday. So, poetic. There is an oil. It's the Shannon song, lads, yeah. if no one knew that. Give Beautiful. us a bar. Go on. Yeah. Go on. There is an oil. There you go. Is that now you're supposed to respond? Sam well, I don't know. Go on. He, he can. Uh, we'll sing it all after the show, let's say. <laughs> if they win, if they win, we can. Yeah, you'll have to. That's your forfeit. Yeah. I will sing the whole oil on the podcast <laughs> if Munster beat Leinster next weekend. Um, okay, guys, we're moving on. Do we want to chat about Greg McWilliams? There's a press conference, I believe, in during the week. We might know a bit more. It seems just very strange for me that there's all of a sudden there was a breaking news story last Sunday week, and then there was then the RFU come out with a statement that they'll make a statement when they're ready, and they have confirmed that they've parted ways by mutual. Um, Greg McWilliams being the head coach of the Irish women's team. Irish women's yeah. yeah. So decided to leave mutual. Mutual agreement. consent, her yeah. agreement, yeah. So um, all the other coaches, John McKee now will step up into the head coach role. Um, John has been there. He came in for Japan tour and he's been in there since. Um, 
Dean Briggs is there, um, Dennis Fogarty is there as scrum. So I believe they're all going to stay on. So I'll be interested to see what the reason behind it is. It results, is it just... Yeah, well, it's just been a tough 18 months for yeah. the Irish women. You were involved at the start of it, Lindsay, like just trying to pull it all together and, and put the right things in place. Six Nations didn't go to plan. No. Now the head coach is stepping away. Like... I, I, I love the Irish team and everything they're doing, but it just seems like we're at rock bottom now and we need to build yeah. it up again. What And what is the first step? Well, I would like, it's a bit strange to see not, like whatever about results, it was always going to be that I feel mm. because that's just at the stage we were at, you know what I mean? We were only starting after the post-World Cup, other teams got to play in it. So we never knew where we were going to be until mm. the first round. And look, when you go into a knock, when you go into a tournament like that, there's very, you, you can't make changes. You can't make these like radical changes week in, week out. You just, that's what we're saying. It had to be incremental to see where there were improvements. Yeah. Scrum was exceptional. Some of our dominant tackles were, were good. We had some players stood out, but what was sad for me, like, you know, people were picking teams the week and it was very few. If you got one Irish player in, like, mm. and that's, de- like, that's, like, my heart broke for the girls. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Because they're working hard and you just, yeah, it's not a question of work ethic at all. No, it's just so far behind. Foundation. Is he been fed up though, do you yeah. think? Is he not being fed up like, almost like a sacrificial lamb because, it, it's a lot more going on. There's a lot more issues in, in women's rugby in Ireland than just the head coach and just this most recent Six Nations because he was involved before in Irish women's teams, successful Irish women's teams. So we know he's a good coach. So I know, but... He's just been thrown up as in, okay, they did bad, so let's just sack him and look like we're, this, we're making mm. a change, making a difference, we're sacking the head coach, we're bringing someone else in. But there's, mo- there's a lot more deeper than just sacking your head coach. There's more problems that they need to sort to support the women by not just getting them a new fancy coach. A hundred percent. Like yeah. we can't just like, oh, here's our list. Oh, and we rip the paper up and we smash it and we start again. We just can't keep doing that because yeah. that's what historically we've been doing. Um, it's deeper than that, like. Hugely. And that's you what know? I mean. It, it just mind boggles because why not keep Greg in for the WXV now where we've we've yeah. made a decision we're in tier three. I would think that could be here. That location is still to be confirmed. Nice. Um, but there needs to be consistency there and you need to build on what's there. So there has been no consistency really throughout. It's just these periodic times where it's like oh we'll build for a tournament we have a coach oh that didn't work out we'll sack and we'll start again and nearly then there's a like hit refresh with even players losing players we need to consistently keep the players we have and we need to get the coach in so look hopefully with the management that are staying there there'll be that consistency there and and the players can just build on on the good stuff and work Mm. and have the work on I think what's good is there's a clear path of what we need to do like there's a clear map now exactly where we are what areas we need improvement on and I think that's key now to us going forward it will be though the key will be the decisions and all the big people who make those decisions going forward how we piece them all together yeah it's baby steps bit by bit I would love to see the IRFU put their money where their mouth is and put in a big coach to just manage the whole thing um, and maybe a director of rugby as well because they know how to do it the men's team is the best team in the world Men's seven seems doing really well. The women's seven seems doing really well. And the under eight, the other twenties are doing incredible. Grand and eighteens had a great yeah. 18. So the systems are there. They know how to do it. So just put it into the women's team. I think. Yeah, but I think this That's is the plan, no knee jerk. Just, yeah. No knee jerk. Just yeah. take your time, take a deep breath. Even let the WXV happen. Like we're I just, yeah. I assume we're still locked in for that for two years as well. Everyone is, but two years, yeah. Yeah. So let's just do it. So we'll see where it is. Yeah. Greg Mike Williams, best of luck and whatever you're off to next. Um Jason, during the week, you were chatting to two of the biggest stars in world rugby, Hall of Famers, in my opinion, yeah. Johnny Sexton and Paula Collin were down at the International Rugby Experience, and this is what they had to say. So, Johnny, just to, to mark the, the kind of occasion, the fact that it's an International Rugby Experience, just some quick-fire questions. So, for you, best rugby player of all time? Oh, Dan Carter, Richie McCaw, one of those okay. two. Uh, best player you've ever played against? 
Dan Carter. Okay, favorite stadium to play in? Apart from the Aviva. Apart from the Aviva, yeah. Uh, the Principality, okay. or the Millennium, as many of you yeah. know. Favorite team to play against? Uh, <laughs> Tough one. Well, like for Leinster, I think the Munster games are always very special. Um, for Ireland, every game for Ireland is special, but I think England and Twig in, in uh, the Aviva is always the most special game to play. Okay. Uh, the best rugby player in the world right now? Well, Josh is world player of the year, but uh, I think Dupont, he could go on and be the best player of all time. He's that good. The hardest tackler you've ever faced? McCord Dusator. Your most cherished jersey swap? I'm sure you have a few of them. I'd say Bowden Barrett, because I'd never had a New Zealand one before. I was always worried about going in to swap with them, and then uh, he came into us in Chicago and swapped, and so it's probably very special to the first All Blacks one I got. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, the one player you wish you could have played alongside, but you didn't get a chance to? Uh, Richie McCaw. Yeah? Yeah. Final one then, your favourite moment in rugby so far, I'm going to say. Favourite moment in rugby? Um, winning, I'd say a couple of few weeks ago, winning the Grand Slam in the Aviva. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah Excellent. definitely. Brilliant. Thanks, Johnny. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thanks. Thanks. It's a tricky enough question because I think the best player in the world at the moment is Anton Dupont and I think he's going to be the best rugby player of all time. Uh, he's certainly the best rugby player I've ever seen. So, uh, even though he's relatively uh, early in his career, I got to go for Anton Dupont. Uh, well, in my position, there's probably two of them: Victor Matfield uh, in the second row. It's like he could read your mind at the lineout. But Fabian Pelouse as well was one of my favourite players. Um, for such a tall man, he had great height and everything he did, whether it was tackle, ball carry, clean out rooks, so uh, both second row forwards. So I'll go for Victor Matfield and Fabian Palouse. Millennium Stadium, um, it's in the middle of the city, crowd are generally drunk, which adds to the atmosphere. Um, roof is closed, which adds to the atmosphere. It's a great stadium. Uh, any English team? England or any English team? Um, I go for Jamie Cubmore. Jamie Cubmore uh, tackled me in, in the Claremont game over there, and uh, took me a while to recover from it. He tackled me with his fist as well, which, but when he wasn't using his fist, he was good with his shoulders. Uh, I have Martin Williams's jersey. I think it's we we beat Wales, and uh, I think it was the jersey. I shouldn't have kept it actually. I think he became Wales' most capped forward that day. I think it was his 95th cap. So, um, and I loved him as a player, brilliant player, but great fun off the field as well. I went on a line store with him, became very friendly with him. So I was delighted to get a hold of his jersey. Favorite moment in rugby? Very hard to pick. Uh, it's very hard to pick. Very, very. I mean, all my favorite moments were generally in the change room afterwards with the lads. Um, I remember playing Perpignan away one year with Munster. Mick Galway was retired a good while. He came down as a mentor. Um, and the whole thing of the mentor process which we had in Munster at the time was to help players understand what it meant to be a Munster player and you know to talk to players it was quite a serious role other players had done it before him Keith Wood, Killian Keane, John Kelly they'd taken it very serious um, and Golov came down and, and drank wine for the, for, the, for the four days he was with us but he sat at the table with the players and everyone wanted to sit at his table uh, and it was just buckets of laughter for the whole weekend from his table and we went on, played Perpignan a big European Cup game, played out of our skins, beat them, 
got a bonus point and just having him there you know he wasn't trying to he wasn't trying to be anything he wasn't and uh, he was down in France as well which I love playing in so that was a great experience and that's one of my favourite rugby memories cheers thank you interesting to see uh, the questions you asked there and the answers you got back yeah three great rugby minds or two great rugby minds you spoke to a yeah. lot of people I spoke, to, I spoke to a lot of them but obviously Paul and Johnny are the ones we're looking at but yeah. Paul was interesting when you asked him the question you're like you know who do you think is because I had a few different questions one was who do you think is the best player in the world right now who's the best player in the world of all time and he's like well it's a tough one because the best player in the world right now is Antoine Dupont mm. and the best player I think of all time will be Antoine Dupont was his oh. answer so he said, he said he's certainly the greatest world player he's ever seen and this is coming from Paul O'Connor, yes. who has been a part of some of the best mm. Munster teams we've ever seen, the best Irish teams. Captain the British and Irish Lions has played, have what has been around. I mean, he's also now part of the coaching ticket mm. of the number one team in the world. It doesn't, as you said, it doesn't get much bigger than Paul mm. O'Connor, the guys he's played yeah. with and seen, and a guy who's understands rugby like Paul O'Connor. For him to say that about Dupont, it's quite Huge. phenomenal, really. Like, isn't it? But yeah, it's hard to disagree with him at the same time from what we've seen so Just far. Dupont he's still only what, 26, is he? Oh, he's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, he's still only I don't like the frightening thing is Dupont hasn't hit his prime yet. No, he's gonna get better. Yeah, let's take that in for a second. Who's <laughs> excited a... about the World Cup except if it, when he plays Orange? No, no, no. Yeah, for such a compliment from Johnny Sexton and Paul O'Connell to mm. say him. Like, I, want, I hope Johnny he saw Sexton. the clip. He actually liked the clip on Rugby Joe, so he saw it. Did he? <laughs> he saw it and liked the clip on Rugby Joe because I saw it yesterday and I was looking at it I was like, ah, oh, it's great to see he saw it. No way. Did you so, tag him in it? No, no, no. no so he no, just no. randomly just saw it. came across it. Obviously, I'm so excited. That's, That's crazy. crazy. Like and the looking at your page. Well done. Why not? Good work, Jason. What about you, Lindsay? You're up there with the Johnny Sexton's and Paula Collins but in the women's side of things. I don't know what you're on this morning but that is best, <laughs> best player we'll go with male player in rugby right now for you. I'm going to go with Doris. I think he reminded us the weekend. In the world. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Keep Just a homegrown. To the Irish. Yep. Well, te- technically it is Josh Van der Fleer but I think I'm going to have to give it to Dupont. I think I put them kind of middle. I think Van der Fleer and Dupont are the best but I think Dupont is He's so bloody good, isn't he? Well, it's hard not to. Like, obviously, it goes without saying. I picked Dupont all through this show, by the way, during the year. Yeah. Just to put you out there. But yeah. I still think, like, no one's going to touch him. Like, no one will touch him. But um, I think there's a couple, like, Ireland are up there as number one. I think it would be wrong of us not to include one. So I'll we said that. he had a quiet Six Nations and he got played a championship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he like, did. But, but watching it by his standards, like, the first couple of games, he was quiet, look. Yeah. By his standards. But then he just turns it on and just goes, oh, sorry, God mode. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> He's incredible. And what about uh, best player of all time? God, I found that one hard. It's tough. Very tough. Like, yeah, I was going through like all my files and my filing cabinet in my brain. I was like, <laughs> yeah, no. And someone else will come in. Oh, greatest player of all time. I don't know why I'm at a loss now, to be honest. Who are you going with? Richie McCall, I think. To be honest, you know, oh, I think, yeah, I think it's one. very hard to look past Richie McCall, just what he's done, what he's achieved, how long he did it for, the level he did it at. Yeah. With the Crusaders and with the All Blacks. I mean, Richie's just, I don't think you will ever see a better seven to get to. Get to like, that, not just playing ability, but also leadership and just everything. He's just, he's a god among men, you know? Yeah. yeah. yeah Brian yeah, Habana. I'll go with Brian. Brian Habana, best player of all time. One of them, yeah, he's up there. That's a good one, yeah. I can't see past Dan Carter. I had yet. him, and then I was like, he's so injury riddled. That's you know, yeah, he just missed so much, is why no, I didn't Dan go with him. A good, he's just a good one as well. Every he is, yeah. time, and like when he's playing, he's just the best player on the pitch. And I just always think back to that 2005 Lions tour when he just ran the show. That mm-hmm. second test is 
to this day, probably the most complete performance by every player in a single 80 minutes. Ridiculous. Like. It's, it's ridiculous. I think he scored something like 38 points yeah. or something in that game. And he was just so cool as well and just um, left boot as well. It was just kind of cool. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And Dan Carter, I can't see past him. And then I think in a couple of years it will be Anton, yeah. Anton du- Dupont. But he's just too young now. You can't be giving him the best player of all time. Oh, you? you can. He held up our He Mac. wins the World Cup in September. All right, fair. Did you this morning? Yeah. Yeah. Another one, Joan, Joan Loma could be another one. Yeah. Yeah. M- Man Monster. Johnny Wilkinson, I suppose you have to give yeah, him. There's so many. There there's is, so there many. Is, That's what I mean. You're kind of like. Final Driscoll. 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 Sorry, when he wins the World Cup. <laughs> Thank you. Correction. Correction. No, it's good stuff. Um, all right, guys. Uh, it's time for a Never Stop Competing moment of the week. And Pat found this hilarious clip from a guy called Lachlan Lonergan, who plays for the Brumbies, uh, who got his top ripped off and he carried on with the ball inside his jersey. It's hilarious. He has to be Irish with a name like that now. Lachlan Lonergan. Like, come it's on, so man. Well, it sounds like a fella from Connemara or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. I went down here mining. <laughs> it's brilliant. He like fake dummies and then Carries the ball away in his jersey, like it's brilliant that's stuff. Gas. Fair play to Lachlan. So that's our never stop competing moment of the week. Well done, fella. Um, and that's it for this week. Yep. Great show. Really enjoyed it. This weekend is massive. Drum roll, yeah, please. Munster versus Leinster in the Aviva Stadium. See the way I keep putting Munster first there. Munster, yeah. 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 <laughs> Home team first. That group will be hopping. I was just going to say, we're going to just be no, like radio silence as it goes. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Stormers and Connacht down in Cape Town. And best of luck to the Connacht guys. Absolutely. We're rooting for you. Yeah, for sure. We'll be back next week, guys, to talk about all of that, hopefully with a Munster win. Uh, Do we have like, a forfeit, by the way, for next week's show? If Leinster win? And if Munster win? Come on. If Munster win, I'm singing the oil. That's it. If You're not going to wear a Leinster jersey? <laughs> 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 I'm going to bring a Leinster jersey for you. You can wear your Leinster jersey next week <laughs> after you lose. All right. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. And thank you for listening. And of course, a big thank you to Bank of Ireland, our sponsors and proud supporters of the Four Irish Provinces. We'll catch you next week. Joe presents House of Rugby together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the Four Irish Provinces. 